You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Jesus is the complete representation of God's wisdom. Learn more about this truth in week one of Unboxed. We are starting our new series entitled Unboxed. Everybody say Unboxed. And so we're going to unbox the names of Christ uh, found in uh, one verse in the Bible in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Wonderful Counselor. Uh, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Basically, when you talk about unbox or unboxing, it is the unpacking or the taking out of a new product from the box, especially high-tech consumer gadgets. And then what they do is the bloggers would take a video and upload it eventually, and there's going to be a lot of hits. And so that has been a popular practice among bloggers uh, right now. And in fact, it is so popular even among the young children that those ages... uh, I think below 11 years old, uh, they are so keen towards looking at unboxing videos with new toys that are being uh, revealed. Okay? And this has been a lucrative business opportunity for some entrepreneurs. And so that's what unboxing is all about. How many of you know that the, the whole essence of unboxing is not to have an experience with a box? It's to know what's inside the box, right? How many of you know that what's inside the box is more important than the box? One time, Pastor Sonny was actually relating this story in that he said someone gave him a gift, I think for Christmas, and it's a big box. And he was so excited to open it when he opened the first box. Lo and behold, there was another box inside the box. And so he opened the second box, and there's another box under that second box. The third box, he opened it. There's a fourth box, and he opened the fourth box. There's a fifth box. And once he opened the fifth box, he saw inside that box a Christmas card greeting him, Merry Christmas (laughs) and a Happy New Year. It's the experience that counts, at least for that person, okay? And so uh, we are going to look at the names of Christ. Even some of the Christmas cards are using this particular verse. This is so familiar uh, to us. Uh, in fact, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it's, uh, I think you would see this a lot of times in Christmas cards. If they would pick a verse, this is what normally is being used during Christmas. And so it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called what? Wonderful Counselor. What's the next name? Mighty God. Next. Everlasting Father. And then... Prince of Peace. And so my prayer is that it is not just the names of Christ, but we're looking at His attributes, His nature, and His character will be revealed to us. And I realize that we are right now celebrating the, one of the major, if not the major, holiday uh, of the year. Uh, people would say that this is the most wonderful time. Right? How many of you would agree with me that this is the most wonderful time of the year, right? How many of you, this is your favorite time of the year during Christmas, okay? You know, this is my favorite time, okay? Thank you. Um, more than summer, more than Holy Week. How many of you, you like Holy Week better than Christmas? Kasi mukhang Biyernes Santo ang itsura mo lagi. Just kidding, okay? But, you know, this, in this particular holiday, we get to celebrate this not just once a year. Other holidays, you celebrate it one day in a year. Like, for example, Valentine's Day or Bonifacio Day, okay? You have one day for that holiday, but for Christmas, in the U.S., it's one month. In the Philippines, it's four months, right? 
you know, starting September, we celebrate Christmas already. You hear the, you know, the, the carols being played in the malls. Uh, you see a lot of uh, sale already happening, uh, going towards Christmas. And so October, November, December, and even sometimes in the middle of January, you would see that people are still uh, having their Christmas trees and Christmas lights. Some even just have their Christmas lights all year round, okay? No more removing from the house. And so, yeah, and, and how many of you would agree with this particular song that Christmas is indeed the wonderful time of the year, most wonderful time of the year, right? However, when you look at this particular song that we just played, you know, it says there, it's the most wonderful time of the year with the jing, uh, kids jingle belling, uh, telling you be of good cheer, the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. Uh, we agree with that. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings, your friends come to call. Right? How many of you have had at least one party already? At least one? How many of you have had too many already? I've had eight already in this, uh, December 5. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallow for toasting, caroling, uh, stories, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, noche buena, family gathering. But there's one thing that's amiss with this song. It's the birth of Christ. The reason why it is the most wonderful time of the year is because Jesus Christ was born 2,000 years ago and He came not only as a baby, but He came as our Savior. Amen. The reason why you and I are going to heaven is because of what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. He came as a child, gave His life, went to the cross, He got resurrected on the third day, and because of that, we are saved. Without Christmas, there's no salvation. That's the prelude of salvation. You know, it is the prerequisite. You know, he has to become man just like you and me. Look at the person beside you and tell the person, you are also a man in need of a savior. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, and so we're looking at him being wonderful counselor. I believe it is the most wonderful time of the year because Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And we're going to be looking at what this means to us. What's this application for us? You know, in the 21st century, now in 2015, going forward, 2016, does this name have a relevance or an impact in our current life? Being a wonderful counselor, what does that mean? I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born... To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's read verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the preaching of your word. We ask that you would anoint uh, every word spoken from this pulpit. Uh, give your people uh, keen ears, Lord God. Open up our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes to see and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church and uh, personally as well. So Lord, bless this time together. Lord, reveal yourself more to us in a special way, even as we celebrate Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. I believe that all of us are really experiencing the thick of it. You know, Christmas. Uh, you know, just looking at what's happening in the malls. The malls are busy. 
people are getting ready. You know, how many of you have already bought uh, some gifts for the people that you love or your family members? How many of you are still planning to buy? How many of you are not planning to buy at all? How many of you are still waiting for the Christmas bonus? Okay, some of your Christmas bonus already came. They came to pass, right? And so, uh, you know, that's the nature of Christmas. Sometimes it can be a chaotic time, but really, instead of us enduring Christmas, we have to enjoy Christmas. There's a, you know, uh, you know, the common emotion that was seen in the Bible is there was joy. You know, uh, when they heard about the good news of the coming, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this particular verse in Isaiah, it had a particular setting uh, about 700 years before the actual birth of Christ. Now, it was a dark time during uh, that time. The nation of Israel was under occupation from uh, a foreign invader called the Assyrians. And how many of you are familiar with the movie 300? Okay, so those were the guys. Okay, the Assyrians were the ones who conquered the northern kingdom. Now it was a dark time uh, for Israel, and you know the nature of this particular. They were longing for a king, and that's why the prophetic word of this king is his government will sit upon his shoulder, and with a you know increase of his government and with the reign of peace, there will be no end. And so they were looking forward to that particular reign of this kind of king that they were longing for. Unfortunately, the kings of Israel were not perfect kings. Uh, back in the time when uh, in the book of Judges, before they had kings, the description of the nation of Israel was, you know, each one did what was right in their own eyes. And that was like the common thread or the common theme if you are going to read the book of Judges. And there's no king, and they were all basically trying to hear what the voice of God was saying to them as a nation. And so God would raise up a judge to deliver them, but yet the people would go back to sin, and then another invader will come again. And so after the judges came the kings, and so uh, the people basically asked the last judge, uh, the prophet Samuel, to give them a king. And so God gave them King Saul. And how many of you know that King Saul is not the perfect king? King Saul was chosen, but yet he was half-hearted in obedience to the Lord. That's why God uh, replaced him with another king, a king who would actually worship him with all his heart. And King David was the one who replaced King Saul. And how many of you know that King David was also not a perfect king? How many of you know that he had faults? He also was sinful. He was uh, guilty of uh, adultery. He was guilty of murder. And yet, you know, he established the lineage of his kingdom through this man called David. You know, one thing is being shown here that, you know, God's criteria for choosing us is not our perfection. You know, when God chooses his people, it's not because you've got perfect grades or you've got, you know, you read your Bible today or you gave this much in the offering or you attended a perfect attendance for the past year in your victory group or maybe you're serving in the kids' ministry or whatever. How many of you know that none of that matters? That is not the criteria. It's all by the grace of God. Amen. We don't deserve his calling and his choice. By sovereignty, He would call us. And it's not because of your background. It's not because of our connection. It's not because of your perfection. It's simply because of His grace. Nothing to prove. 
And so God sovereignly has chosen this man and yet he labeled David as a man after God's own heart because he was more concerned about his relationship with God more than anything else. And right after David, he raised up another king. We know, you know, the wisest king who ever lived, right? King Solomon started ruling and reigning and that was like the greatest era of the kingdom of Israel. You know, uh, they were the richest at that time, the most powerful. The, uh, you know, kings from other nations would come and learn from King Solomon. But yet, even though he was the wisest king, he did some foolish things. You know, he started lusting after women. And he married not just one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, eight, nine, ten. He married 700 wives. Come on now. Isa lang. Challenging na, right? But every woman that is here as a wife is a gift from God. Amen. If you're a wife, can you please wave your hand? Yeah, you are a gift. You are a gift from God. The Bible says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Okay? A wife, not 700 wives. Solomon found 700 wives and 300 concubines. Can you imagine that? 1,000 women. It'll take you three years before you go back to woman number one. If you will average one woman a night or a day. So, you know, Solomon committed this blunder. And I believe that some of them are alliances. Some of them, he got married so that he can expand his kingdom. But yet, these women lured his heart towards idols and that was the downfall of Solomon. Eventually, he had to give his kingdom to another son named Rehoboam. Unfortunately, Rehoboam did not uh, listen to the advice of the elderly. And so, you know, you got to listen to advice. And it split the kingdom between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom went to Jeroboam, ten tribes. The southern kingdom went to Rehoboam. And here we are, back in the book of Isaiah. The part of the northern kings, okay, was King Ahaz. Everybody say Ahaz. He was a bad king. You know why? Because in Tagalog, Ahaz is pronounced as Ahaz. Okay? Ahaz talaga siya. Diba? So, so he was a bad king, an evil king. And during that time, the Assyrians conquered this. But yet, the prophet Isaiah was chosen by God, I believe, to be a prophet of hope. In fact, his very name, Isaiah, means God our salvation. You know, in the midst of dark times, in the midst of apostasy, in the midst of sin, God wanted to create an opportunity for the people of God to repent. And how many of you are thankful that God never gives up on us? Amen. You know, He will never leave us nor forsake us. Yes, and yet, in, in the midst of our sin, He will always pursue us. He will not give up on us. You can run, but you cannot hide from God. Amen. And I believe that that is the nature of God. He, he is seeking after us. No one seeks after God, but we are always constantly being sought after by Him. You know, it's not about us. It's all about Him. And so we want to go and focus on what this means. In fact, if you look at the book of Isaiah, it's one of the biggest chunks in the Old Testament, about 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. In the first 39 chapters, from Isaiah chapter 1 to Isaiah chapter 39, you will find prophecies on judgment, judging the nation of Israel and the other nations. 
It's a prophetic uh, declaration over the, na- uh, you know, over the judgment of this nation. And yet from Isaiah chapter 40 until the end of Isaiah chapter 66, uh, 66 this is now a prophetic words on hope. Everybody say hope. So what we see here is Isaiah really is divided into two parts. First is judgment and second is hope. How many of you are glad that God does not end with judgment on us? But God always want to make sure that we are restored back to Him. In fact, the very first verse of Isaiah chapter 40 says, Comfort, comfort my people and comfort is coming. Despite your sin, I'm here for you and I'm waiting for you. In Isaiah chapter 60, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so that's a familiar verse, basically declaring salvation and redemption over the nation of Israel. Going back to verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born. You know, this refers to Christ's incarnation and Christ's humanity. And we know that God is never born, right? God has no birthday. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God. You know, before the start of time, God already exists. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. No one created God. God was not born by any force, good side or the dark side or whatever. Okay? God just simply is God. He simply existed even before our knowledge of time. And yet this particular verse talks about a child being born. You know, and this basically talks about the need for Christ to come from being a God into a human like us. Because God is spirit, how can you be sacrificed as a lamb of God if you don't have human flesh? Now, how many of you have a flesh? Okay, Jesus is kind of like us. Okay, We are human, like Him. Okay, Yet, He did not lose His divinity. He's 100% God and 100% human. Okay? So that's who he, he is. Okay? The, the first part of that talks about his incarnation. Everybody say incarnation. Okay? So he had to be human like us. For to us a son is given. This talks about his divinity. His being a second uh, person in the Godhead. Now how many gods do we have? We have one God. How many persons? Three persons. And who are those three persons? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Father gave His Son to us. For God so loved the world that He what? He gave His only begotten Son. And so here we see that even this prophetic word of Isaiah would validate the statement of John in the New Testament about 700 years apart because God Himself, the Father, gave His Son to us so that you and I can be saved. How many of you are grateful for this God that we serve, who is so generous and benevolent. Amen? Can we give the Lord praise right now? God is amazing. Continues to say that, in the government shall sit upon His shoulder, or shall be upon His shoulder. This talks about Him being the Savior King. Not only is He a Savior, but He came here to rule and to reign, not only over the nations, but also in our lives as well. And so we're going to be focusing on this name of Jesus, okay? Wonderful Counselor. This is not to be confused with the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is distinct from the Son. God the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father and vice versa. 
The counselor that we're referring to here is Jesus. Another counselor is coming when he declares that, and that's the Holy Spirit. Okay, so don't be confused there. Okay? We're also going to be unpacking in a couple of weeks everlasting Father, not to be confused with the Father. Okay? So this is a title given to Christ, and we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Okay? So wonderful counselor. Wonderful comes from the Hebrew word pele. Everybody say pele. Pele is not the you know uh, football player, okay? But Pele means miraculous signs or miraculous or marvelous or amazing. That is what it means. Him being born as a human is already marvelous. It's wonderful. He causes miracles. He is a miracle worker. He himself is the miracle, okay? And so the other word that we're looking at is the word counselor. Everybody say counselor. That comes from the word ya'atz, which means wisdom. Now, how many of you are asking God for wisdom in this coming new year, 2016? We all need wisdom, right? You know, as you write your goals and your plans for the year, I believe that God wants to direct our steps. And as we commit ourselves to the Lord, okay, God will be faithful in directing us. The Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of God that prevails, Okay. You know, in fact, medical science proves that one of the main causes of life-threatening sickness is stress. From stress will come the different sickness like high blood pressure, hypertension, kidney problem, stroke, heart ailments, okay? Now, how many of you work normally in a high-stressful environment? Please raise your hand. Stress is good, okay? As long as it's just given at the right amount, not too much, Okay? But, you know, uh, that's why one of the biggest industry is the counseling industry. They have uh, yeah, famous counselors or life coaches in the, in the U.S., like Dr. Phil, okay? Uh, they would give advice to people, okay? There are some uh, life, life coaches. It's also another uh, industry that's on the rise, okay? But, of course, when you talk about this kind of a counselor, there's no one who could counsel better than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. He's got all wisdom. And the, the wisdom of human beings is nothing compared to the wisdom of Christ. And so we'd like to focus first on the word wonderful. Everybody say wonderful. Okay? Wonderful means, as I said earlier, miraculous or marvelous. In verse 7, it says, Of the increase of the government and of peace, there will be no end. You know, this is the desire of all nations, that we will achieve uh, peace. You know, we are uh, right now on the verge of uh, election. You know, next year is election, uh, actual election. And, you know, looking at our candidates, how many of you know that we need the miracle of God uh, for our nation uh, to really help us to choose the right one, okay? Uh, actually, when you talk about wonderful counselor, this, is, this goes side by side, wonderful being amazing and counselor being asking for wisdom. God is the one who will grant us wisdom. And I, I hope that, as we choose the candidates, okay, whether local or national, that we will depend on the Spirit of God for our choice. We're not going to tell you what to do. Okay? We're not going to do, okay, victory, we'll have a black vote, this is our president for 2016. We're not going to do that. Okay? We believe that each one can hear from God. We're not going to manipulate you or dictate on you. Anyway, we're going to be looking at that in the Word. In the, in the Word, there are pre-qualifications of leaders, and we're going to uh, mention that later on. Okay? So, but this is the ultimate desire. The desire of the nations is that the government of God will increase and the peace that we need to achieve, there will be no end. 
How many of you know that we need real and genuine world peace? You know, after what happened in Paris, the, the, the terror that ISIS has brought uh, to the world is just, you know, unheard of. You know, for the first time, we're seeing this new enemy on the rise. And so people are actually looking for ways on how to stop that. You know, we need God's intervention here as well. We need the wisdom coming from God. Okay, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The background during that time was dark, as I said earlier. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. You know, every time, you know, I don't like darkness. I like, I like it bright, okay? And, you know, if you walk into a dark room, just by one flick of maybe your cell phone, how many of you know that darkness will dissipate? That's how powerful light is. Light is able to dispel all kinds of darkness. That's why when you talk about darkness, darkness is actually the workshop of the enemy. You know, if we have darkness in our soul, and if we have darkness in our life, the enemy is busy working there. But once the light of the Word of God comes in, guess what? The darkness will dissipate. So the key there is to always put our life under the light of God. On them, light has shone. And this is basically a picture of what happened when Christ came in the New Testament in John chapter 1. It says, In Him was life, and life was the light of men. And light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And I believe that's the reason why we have lights during Christmas. It's because we're celebrating the coming of the Son of Light. He is the light that came to our life. We used to live in darkness, but now we have been transported into the kingdom of light. You know, we're asking for miracles. And how many of you are believing God for a miracle next year? Anyone here? You know, we're, we're believing for breakthroughs. In fact, by the coming January, we always have this annual fasting. And uh, people normally write their prayer requests and their faith goals. And the theme for next year is audacious faith. Uh, it's daring to believe the impossible. And I believe that, you know, many of us, if not some of us, many of us are facing things that are impossible. How many of you are believing God for things that are impossible and those are beyond you? Whether it's healing, come on now, healing or provision, okay, or family relationship, or those of you who are singles, okay? Lord naman, di ba? May this be the year of your jubilee, parang ganon, di ba? And it's not impossible, right? Uh, you know, we're believing for miracles. We consider that as a miracle. Sana mapansin niya na ako, parang ganon, okay? Sana naman, you know, uh, Lord, open up a door for me to be able to talk to her, something like that. Uh, we consider that as a miracle. But no matter how impossible, or, of course, a miracle is something that is impossible that only God can do. But let's not underestimate the miracle of a changed heart and a changed mind. You know, how many of you are saved and you know that you're going to heaven? Please raise your hand. That in itself is a miracle. That is no less than a miracle because the only way that we can be saved is God changing our hearts and changing our minds. And how many of you know that it is impossible for us to change just on our own effort in our own human will. It has to be the Holy Spirit doing that mighty change. Amen? And a miracle of God, I believe, transformed us to who we are right now serving Him. Amen? And I believe that you have your own story. 
You know, I was amazed. I was relating to this story of one uh, leader, actually, as disciple that we have here in Festival Mall, got saved here about uh, a little bit more than a year ago. Uh, he uh, was a womanizer, and he would say, say that in his testimony, he was full of vices. But when the gospel, uh, uh, he had an encounter with the gospel, he got saved. You know, God started to transform his life and restore his relationship to his wife. How many of you know that to restore a relationship to a wife who was a victim of adultery is actually a miracle from God? How many of you know that forgiveness is actually a miracle from God? So that was miracle number one. Second miracle was, not only was he saved, was restored to his family, but his drinking bodies, he actually started ministering to them one by one. He prayed for them. He did one-to-one with them. He started preaching to them. And guess what happened? One after the other, they got saved. Okay? Uh, he transformed their drinking sessions into water stations. Okay? Uh, you know, he said, according to his testimony, if Jesus changed the water into wine, I changed the wine into water. Every time we would gather, there's no wine, no beer, it's just water. And he started preaching to them. They got saved. They became part of this, uh, of this church. And they are now going through discipleship. And many of them are actually leading in this church as well. Amen. How many of you know that that in itself is a miracle from God? Can we just give the Lord praise for that? And that is just one story. You have your own story. Fill in the blanks. We experience miracle every day. He is the wonderful miracle worker. Only God can change a human heart. And you may actually have a family member who's not yet saved. You know, don't give 